Welcome to Bible 2 Go. 1 Corinthians chapters 9 through 11 is today's Bible reading. Read and listen to the Bible daily where we read through the complete New Testament in 90 days. Today's Bible reading from the message. Visit the Audio Bible 2 Go archive for all previous Bible readings. Thank you for being with us today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help me understand your word. The words I'm reading today. Help me to love others. As you have and do. Love me. Amen. Let's begin today's Bible reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And don't tell me that I have no authority to write like this. I'm perfectly free to do this, isn't that obvious? Haven't I been given a job to do? Wasn't I commissioned to this work in a face-to-face meeting with Jesus, our Master? Aren't you yourselves proof of the good work that I've done for the Master? Even if no one else admits the authority of my commission, you can't deny it. Why, my work with you is living proof of my authority. 3-7 I'm not shy in standing up to my critics. We who are on missionary assignments for God have a right to decent accommodations, and we have a right to support for us and our families. You don't seem to have raised questions with the other apostles and our master's brothers and Peter in these matters. So, why me? Is it just Barnabas and I who have to go it alone and pay our own way? Are soldiers self-employed? Are gardeners forbidden to eat vegetables from their own gardens? Don't dairy farmers get to drink their fill from the pail? A12A I'm not just sounding off because I'm irritated. This is all written in the scriptural law. Moses wrote, don't muzzle an ox to keep it from eating the grain when it's threshing. Do you think Moses' primary concern was the care of farm animals? Don't you think his concern extends to us? Of course. Farmers plow and thresh expecting something when the crop comes in. So if we have planted spiritual seed among you, is it out of line to expect a meal or two from you? Others demand plenty from you in these ways. Don't we who have never demanded deserve even more? 12b14 But we're not going to start demanding now what we've always had a perfect right to. Our decision all along has been to put up with anything rather than to get in the way or detract from the message of Christ. All I'm concerned with right now is that you not use our decision to take advantage of others, depriving them of what is rightly theirs. You know, don't you, that it's always been taken for granted that those who work in the temple live off the proceeds of the temple, and that those who offer sacrifices at the altar eat their meals from what has been sacrificed? Along the same lines, the Master directed that those who spread the message be supported by those who believe the message. 1518 Still, I want it made clear that I've never gotten anything out of this for myself, and that I'm not writing now to get something. I'd rather die than give anyone ammunition to discredit me or question my motives. If I proclaim the message, it's not to get something out of it for myself. I'm compelled to do it, and doomed if I don't. If this was my own idea of just another way to make a living, I'd expect some pay. But since it's not my idea but something solemnly entrusted to me, why would I expect to get paid? So am I getting anything out of it? Yes, as a matter of fact, the pleasure of proclaiming the message at no cost to you. You don't even have to pay my expenses. 1923 Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it, I wanted to be in on it. 24-25 You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins run to win. All good athletes train hard. 
They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. 2627 I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 5 Remember our history, friends, and be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential cloud and taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters, in a baptism like ours, as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. They all ate and drank identical food and drink, meals provided daily by God. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were. And the rock was Christ. But just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much, most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. 6 Then the same thing could happen to us. We must be on guard so that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. And we must not turn our religion into a circus as they did, first the people partied, then they threw a dance. We must not be sexually promiscuous, they paid for that, remember, with 23,000 deaths in one day. We must never try to get Christ to serve us instead of us serving Him, they tried it, and God launched an epidemic of poisonous snakes. We must be careful not to stir up discontent, discontent destroyed them. 11-12 These are all warning markers, danger. In our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel, they at the beginning, we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence, it's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. 13 No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down, He'll never let you be pushed past your limit, He'll always be there to help you come through it. 14 So, my very dear friends, when you see people reducing God to something they can use or control, get out of their company as fast as you can. 1518 I assume I'm addressing believers now who are mature. Draw your own conclusions, when we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life, of Christ? And isn't it the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life, of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our many nests becomes oneness, Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in Him. We don't reduce Christ to what we are, He raises us to what He is. That's basically what happened even in old Israel, those who ate the sacrifices offered on God's altar entered into God's action at the altar. 1922 Do you see the difference? Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to nothing, for what's the idol but a nothing? Or worse than nothing, a minus, a demon. I don't want you to become part of something that reduces you to less than yourself. And you can't have it both ways, banqueting with the master one day and slumming with demons the next. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants us, all or nothing. Do you think you can get off with anything less? 23-24 Looking at it one way, you could say, anything goes. Because of God's immense generosity and grace, we don't have to dissect and scrutinize every action to see if it will pass muster. But the point is not to just get by. We want to live well, but our foremost efforts should be to help others live well. 25-28 With that as a base to work from, common sense can take you the rest of the way. Eat anything sold at the butcher shop, for instance, you don't have to run an idolatry test on every item. The earth, after all, is God's, and everything in it. That everything certainly includes the leg of lamb in the butcher shop. If a non-believer invites you to dinner and you feel like going, go ahead and enjoy yourself, eat everything placed before you. 
It would be both bad manners and bad spirituality to cross-examine your host on the ethical purity of each course as it is served. On the other hand, if he goes out of his way to tell you that this or that was sacrificed to God or goddess so-and-so, you should pass. Even though you may be indifferent as to where it came from, he isn't, and you don't want to send mixed messages to him about who you are worshipping. 2930 But, except for these special cases, I'm not going to walk around on eggshells worrying about what small-minded people might say, I'm going to stride free and easy, knowing what our large-minded master has already said. If I eat what is served to me, grateful to God for what is on the table, how can I worry about what someone will say? I thanked God for it and He blessed it. 3133 So eat your meals heartily, not worrying about what others say about you, you're eating to God's glory, after all, not to please them. As a matter of fact, do everything that way, heartily and freely to God's glory. At the same time, don't be callous in your exercise of freedom, flawlessly stepping on the toes of those who aren't as free as you are. I try my best to be considerate of everyone's feelings in all these matters, I hope you will be, too. 1 Corinthians 11. To honor God. 1 2 It pleases me that you continue to remember and honor me by keeping up the traditions of the faith I taught you. All actual authority stems from Christ. 3 to 9 inches a marriage relationship. There is authority from Christ to husband, and from husband to wife. The authority of Christ is the authority of God. Any man who speaks with God or about God in a way that shows a lack of respect for the authority of Christ, dishonors Christ. In the same way, a wife who speaks with God in a way that shows a lack of respect for the authority of her husband, dishonors her husband. Worse, she dishonors herself, an ugly sight, like a woman with her head shaved. This is basically the origin of these customs we have of women wearing head coverings in worship, while men take their hats off. By these symbolic acts, men and women, who far too often butt heads with each other, submit their heads to the head, God. 10-12 Don't, by the way, read too much into the differences here between men and women. Neither man nor woman can go it alone or claim priority. Man was created first, as a beautiful shining reflection of God, that is true but the head on a woman's body clearly outshines in beauty the head of her head, her husband. The first woman came from man, true, but ever since then, every man comes from a woman. And since virtually everything comes from God anyway, let's quit going through these whose first routines. 1316 Don't you agree there is something naturally powerful in the symbolism, a woman, her beautiful hair reminiscent of angels, praying in adoration, a man, his head bared in reverence, praying in submission? I hope you're not going to be argumentative about this. All God's churches see it this way, I don't want you standing out as an exception. 1719 Regarding this next item, I'm not at all pleased. I am getting the picture that when you meet together it brings out your worst side instead of your best. First, I get this report on your divisiveness, competing with and criticizing each other. I'm reluctant to believe it, but there it is. The best that can be said for it is that the testing process will bring truth into the open and confirm it. 2022 And then I find that you bring your divisions to worship, you come together, and instead of eating the Lord's Supper, you bring in a lot of food from the outside and make pigs of yourselves. Some are left out, and go home hungry. Others have to be carried out, too drunk to walk. I can't believe it. Don't you have your own homes to eat and drink in? Why would you stoop to desecrating God's church? Why would you actually shame God's poor? I never would have believed you would stoop to this. And I'm not going to stand by and say nothing. 2326 Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master Himself and passed them on to you. The Master, Jesus, on the night of His betrayal, took bread. Having given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, 
he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the Master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. 27-28 Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. 29-32 If you give no thought, or worse, don't care, about the broken body of the Master when you eat and drink, you're running the risk of serious consequences. That's why so many of you even now are listless and sick, and others have gone to an early grave. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened out later on. Better to be confronted by the Master now than to face a fiery confrontation later. 33-34 So, my friends, when you come together to the Lord's table, be reverent and courteous with one another. If you're so hungry that you can't wait to be served, go home and get a sandwich. But by no means risk turning this meal into an eating and drinking binge or a family squabble. It is a spiritual meal, a love feast. The other things you asked about, I'll respond to in person when I make my next visit. Hashtag Amen. Read through the New Testament in 90 days. Read a proverb every day with Proverbs 2 Go. Thank you for being here. Listening and reading the Bible daily with Bible 2 Go. Sincerely. Michael and Michelle. Shell. Join us. Again. Tomorrow. As we continue reading God's Word with Audio Bible 2 Go. Visit. 2 Go is the number. 2. Then G. O. Dot you. S. See you again tomorrow. As we continue reading and listening to God's Word.